Welcome to The Great Sources, where we explore fundamental Torah ideas through the great books and sources of Jewish thought. All right. So tonight, we're going to talk about the three most important words about Hashem. And those words are Hagodol, Hagibar, Vahanayra. So the Yerushalmi says in Brachas, to give you an idea what these words are. So you'll start to answer with the description of Hashem, Achiel, Hagodol, Hagibar, Vahanayra. These are the most important words. The Yerushalmi in Brachas, Perek Zayin, Allah Gimel, calls these Matbeya Shel Tfilah, the Nusach of Tfilah. The Yerushalmi says, Moshe Rabbeinu was Mesakin, the Nusach of Tfilah. Why? Because it says in the Devarim, that's the first Marmach here. So the Nusach of Tvil, the Matbeah Shatvil, comes from Moshe Rabbein. So why is this called Matbeah Shatvil? is the Matbeah Shatvil. Because what's Tvil? So when you think about Tvil, people think about asking Hashem for things. But uh, if, you, if you think about it, when you die in Shemir Esrei, there's very little begging and very, certainly no, really very little asking, certainly no begging. It's, everything is in the imperative. Hashem, do this. I'm talking about the middle brachas where you're asking Hashem for things. You're saying what Hashem should do. Do this, do that, do that. And maybe another year, we'll, I hope we get to, to Tefillah in general. But in short, for now, to understand why Hagadol Hagibanur is called the Matbeash Tefillah. Is because when we're damaged from an essay, you're telling Hashem, this is what's appropriate. Consider it, considering that we know you as God of Gibra and Neira. That's how we understand what Hashem is. So then this is what, Hashem, this is what you should do. Now, that, what does that mean? How are we telling Hashem what to do? Um, why is the fact that we know Him that way? Give us that right. Let's leave that for another time. But the point is that it's because Hashem is God of because we have a way of relating or describing Hashem. He's A, B, and C. Well, if he's A, B, and C, that's the Matbeash of Tfilah. The old Tfilah is based on that. Because if he's God of Gibra and Neira, if he is indeed God of Gibra and Neira, then we can ask him for, to do acts of Gedula, acts of Gura, acts of, uh, acts of, of Moira. But let's say he was something else. Let's say he was uh, nasty and then brutish and mean, then the rest of Shemarnasi would look very different. So it's God Lagiva and Naira. These are very important words because it's the basis for how we relate to Hashem and therefore the basis of, of what we can ask for. So Moshe Rabbeinu, when he says this is what Hashem is or this is how we describe Him, he's saying this is how you start to approach Him with words. He's this, and then everything else follows, develops from there. So tonight we're going to discuss, what we're going to talk about is um, how does this fit in with Nevuah? And, and Das Hashem, which is what we've spoken about the last few weeks. Um, I hope that tonight is going to be a standalone. I think it will be. But it definitely builds on things we discussed. And how the end of Nebuah affected this God of Gibra Naira phrase. How did the end of Nebuah affect that? And it did in a big way. So... <clears throat> Let's remember, the Rambam says, and this is the second quote there, in these delicate matters, which almost evade 
in the intellect, he's talking about understanding what Hashem is. You can't think about it, you can't think about it through the regular words, regular expressions. They are the greatest cause for mistakes. The greatest cause for making mistakes about Hashem is when you think about Him in the regular words, that, which is how we tend to relate, think about things. Because it's very, very difficult to use any language. I'm tra- translating that Rambam in the Mordechai Buchim. It's very difficult to use to express yourself in any language without describing the ma- this matter, Hashem, without some sort of inexact expression. Okay, so words don't really work for Hashem, and that's because, and that's because we don't really have words for the essence of Hashem. We have words for everything we know, and then we apply them to Hashem. So, Gadol Gibra Vanoira. Meaning, we can approach Hashem in thought, in pure thought, and the Rambam says that would be better. But the fact is, we need to use words. And God will give you an error, like all other words, are, are, are then not descriptions of Hashem's essence, they're descriptions of, of His actions. The Rambam says Hashem is called Godel because He does actions. I don't know if He says this about Godel specifically, but He says this in general about the attributes, about the Ta'arim. When we say Hashem is Rachum, we mean He does actions that we would do. From having the midah of being um, sympathetic or merciful. But Hashem is not, is not Rachum. He doesn't have that midah. <coughs> These are all words that are necessary to be Medame Tzurul which we spoke about. The Nevi'im give a description of Hashem. They give us a relatable Hashem. So they have to use the words that we're familiar with from the things that we can relate to which is mostly people. We, we understand people. We relate to people. Oh, someone's a racham, someone's a chanam. So they want us to relate to Hashem. So they describe Hashem in these anthropomorphic terms, in terms that come from humans, in order to thereby give a demus, a, a, a likeness, something that we can relate to. But these, the fact that it's something we can relate to is itself the biggest cause for mistakes, because really Hashem is completely unrelated. So that's something we have to remember. When we talk about God of Gibra and Neira, so let's talk about these words, and how do they relate to Nevuah? So first let's talk about Nevuah. Well, what's the relationship between Nevuah and language? Nevuah and words. So Nevuah is all about words, obviously. Nevi'im say words. And the words of the Nevi'im are, for those who uh, know that, the, they are the most perfect words, amazing use of words. The, 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 way they, the way they say things and it's, uh, the way they're able to use words to say the most complex things. So, okay, so obviously Nebuah has, has something very much to do with language. But what is, the, what is the essential connection? So there's a medrash that makes this very clear. That's the next one here, number three. This is a medrash, an Esther, and it says, Ish Yehudi Haya. So it says, Ish Yehudi, Moshe is also called an Ish, or Ish Moshe. And for the fact that it says, Ish Yehudi Haya, says a medrash, that teaches us that Mordechai was shuckle like Moshe. And it goes through a bunch of ways that Mordechai is like Moshe. One of them, it says, just like Mordechai, Moshe knew the 70 languages, so do Mordechai. Did. Now, how do we know that Moshe knew the 70 languages? Shenemar. Shenemar says the Medrash. Vayotzel min haruach asher olav vayitein al shivim ish Moshe took from his ruach and he broke it up, or he, he spread it to the 70 Zakanim. Now that's how we know that Moshe knew 70 languages. So what does that mean? So what that means is that 
Nevoa and language go together. And if Moshe could take his spirit, his Nevoa, and break it into 70 pieces, that means he knows 70 languages. Okay, well, okay, that's something. But what, so let's first talk about, that gives us a little sense that there's some essential connection between Nevoa and speech and language, and a Nevoa that can be broken into 70 parts and given out, as it were. Moshe gave out each of them a piece. That means Moshe knows 70 languages. Okay, well, what does that mean? So he knows 70 languages, he knows all, all the languages, why? So what are these 70 languages? What are these, when, the, when Chazal talk about 70 languages, we know that, that's the Gemara there, uh, Gavriel, Gavriel came and taught Yosef 70 languages. So does that mean that he actually taught him 70 languages? You know, this is so important. It's a matter of utmost importance, properly understanding, you know, Chazal make these statements, these allusions, like, what, what are they trying to say? Well, it's important that, that, that Yosef knew French and Polish and, and so on. What is this all about? So, I saw a very interesting Russian, and this is, that's there in, in um, 4 and 5. This is, the first one is from uh, Rabam Abu Lafia, who it's good I to speak about once, but he says, he says the following, in Tamin Shahoyu Lashoinus, Tamin Shigoinus. If you think that Gavriel taught Yosef the actual languages, you're believing Shigoinus. You're crazy. If you think that's what it's about, come on. Languages, 70 languages, who cares? Why is that so important? And the next quote is from, <laughs> A, a sefer called Piresh Zulasi. The sefer is called Bareches Alakos. That's actually unknown, Mechaber, I think. But there's a Piresh on that from Behuda Kaya and another Piresh where he says Piresh Zulasi, someone else. So it's an also unknown. And there it says the same thing. So it says, but it says a very interesting Hakdama there. This is number five. Dalecha ki tachlis shleim asa'adam hu sheyeda something v'az yeda shivim l'shaynis. Tachlis shleim asa'adam is to know shivim l'shaynis. It's to know something which will give you the idea of shivim l'shaynis. V'loy tachshiv shehem l'shaynis. So, obviously, there's some um, influence here. I'm not sure who's first. 70 languages. Because I'll say that, that the Navi taught the ice of 70 languages. It doesn't mean literally 70 languages. Does that also go for 70 languages, like the Sanhedrin knew 70 languages, and Mordechai was able to understand the... Well, so the Gemara... Right. Well, the Gemara says Sanhedrin has to know 70 languages for a practical reason. So it sounds like it... Uh, although, yeah, we could... We'll talk about, we can talk about that afterwards. It's, it's, it definitely relates to this. So let's see, well, what is it? If it's not the actual languages, what, what can we say about it? So I'll tell you what I think it means. I'll tell you what I think this idea means. This idea of, of 70 languages. The, the number 70 is, is very common. There are 70 Shivampanamotoyer, we know, and then there's this number 6, I bring the Ramban. He's explaining why Sanhedrin has to be 70. Why is that the right number for Sanhedrin? The reason why this number is, is the right number for the judges. That number includes all opinions. I mean, that means all attitudes. Because 70 is all the koiches. They won't miss anything. If you want a group of people that brings all, every single kind of approach to, to, to the discussion, which is what you want from a Sanhedrin. It means that they're, they're supposed to develop an opinion between, the, between them. So you need a group that contains every single kind of, of understanding perception. So that's 70, because there are 70 kaiches. That means there are 70 um, um, types of, or, or proclivities in people faculties of the character. I don't know what they are. I'd love to know. 
There's no way to ascertain that you can get 70 different ones on there. No, 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 no. You need someone to put together the Sanhedrin who knows what he's doing. <laughs> Who's going to find the right guys, right? We need this type of person. And now we have a slot open for... Uh, Someone who uh, understands anger, or someone who understands uh, desire, you know, or, or kindness. I mean, right? I guess those are probably some of the seventy kaiches, seventy things in, in humans, seventy character traits. So you need someone to put it together. You need the right manager. Maybe the nasi. I don't know. The so we'll get to that, right? So there are seventy. Right, that's what we're getting to. So there are seventy forms of perception. Shem Kaych Sanefesh, yes. Shem Kaych Sanefesh, the Gain talks about that. Not sure where the source is, it's another interesting question. 70 Kaych Sanefesh. Sadiq talks about that too. 70 faculties of the psyche. But the, the Rabban says this. It's Kaylo Kola Kaychas. It's Kaylo all the powers, which I think it means the, of, of, of the psychology, of, of, the, of a human being. All the 70 elements of being human. The human mind. So that means, let's talk about what would that, how would that carry over to languages. So, there are 70 methods of understanding things. Alright, well, words are supposed to comport to reality, right? Words are supposed to that's the purpose of words. Right? I mean, and they usually work, basically. But they don't have to. You could have a word that's totally wrong. And I, I, I just want to be perfectly clear here. Like, let's say, uh, let's say the word cheer would be used to refer to cheers and to water. That would be a bad word. It would be incorrect. And if everyone would use the word cheer that way, that would mean everyone has terrible mistake in their understanding of reality. And it's very likely that we do have words that are very incorrect. Right? We probably are words that we're really lumping things together, which if you really understood reality at the deepest level, really understood what's going on in the world, you might have different words for them. So the most perfect words, the most perfect language, which I'm going to submit is, is what Lashon HaKadosh is and the Lashon of the Nevi'ah, is the words that are actually correct. For example, the word toiv, a very important word, right? So we probably use the word wrong, or when we say good in English. And again, we're not, to, not talking about languages here. I'm just talking about the concept. Okay? It's the same concept in many different languages. You can use it correctly, and you can use it incorrectly. Because if you have, the, if you have only a, a part, of the, part of the full picture of reality, because you only have one of the kaifas, let's say, or you, you lean towards one way of looking at things, then your word is going to be influenced by that. So the word good is a, is a good example for that because what you call good is going to depend on what, how you are. So I think it's a very prime example and, and good and evil are very fundamental concepts, fundamental words. Voracious, you know, it's a das. So there's a right language, there's a perfect language. Again, we're not talking about different languages now. That's shagyayness. We don't really care about, about the language. We mean modes of expression. There are 70 modes of expression. Because every idea, depending on your kaychsanefish and where you stand, you'll you'll define it differently. You'll categorize it differently. I mean, some languages are clearly born out of like the attitudes of like. There's a reason why. Like, Ju- like I mean, it makes sense. Like like German is People much better, that. much better for science than French. People you know, say like, that. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure if that's true. It's been said by many people. Has been no, I thought this is much what you're saying. Like a, that it's yeah, well, then they're right. Well, I am saying that. Ideas. So then we could carry that to languages, right? That, that maybe languages actually do. Certain languages, maybe actually, can, you can find how they mirror certain approach to reality. It's been done with uh, Lashon Kodesh as opposed to Greek. There's a very interesting book on that. I, you, it's, it's a fascinating question of actually finding certain languages and seeing whether you can make these connections, for sure. Um, 
I mean, language is the most organically produced thing in like in, by humanity. Oh, that, that's, 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 that's good. Okay, so then, so then, so what would it mean to know the seventy languages? Then it would mean to know. It mean to know all the pathways of partial perception, of let's say fragmented or refracted reality. Meaning you have reality, you have the truth, but then everyone sees it through their through their attitudes. If you could understand all of those seventy different ways of looking at things, okay, so you have seventy languages. It means you have you know, for each word, you could you could say, well, there's the word. Let's go back to type. I think it's a good example. Look at the word good. So you can say, well, here's what good means for this person. Here's what good means for that person. So you're the real master of language because you know the, all the 70 different ways to understand the, the words. Okay. So I would suggest then, based on that follows from that, that, that Navua, Navua in, in, a, most, in a, a certain very basic way, and we'll show this, well, there'll be a riot to this soon, a bigger riot, is, is to know is to know how to use words, to know the right words, to know how to apply words correctly, properly. Okay, so the Nevi'im then, Moshe Rabbeinu knows the Shivim Lashonis, and Nevi'im in general, we would assume, are associated with Lashon HaKodesh, Lashon HaKodesh being the most perfect language, and we'll, we'll show that soon. And I'm not talking about the 70 Zikainim, what exactly they are, I'm talking about in general. Moshe Rabbeinu has this power of knowing 70 Lashonis, okay. And that's what his Ruach is. His Ruach was made up of 70 parts. Because he could split it to 70, he must be no 70 languages. What about another Navi? What about Yermia, Yishai, Yechezkel? So let's identify them, and I will take this on trust for now. Lashon HaKadosh. Lashon HaKadosh, they had a perfect Lashon HaKadosh. They knew what Lashon HaKadosh really means, and that's why they're the masters of expression of Lashon HaKadosh. Why? We don't necessarily know what Lashon HaKadosh really means, because we would, if we would use the word in the wrong instance, that means we don't really understand the words. I hope that's clear. Okay. So, the word Navi comes from Niv, as in speech. And the Rashbam says, and this is uh, number seven there, the Pasuk says that um, Hashem told Avimelech, give back the wife, give back Sarah to Avram, ki Navi hu, badcho. He's a Navi, so he could daven on your behalf. Says the Rashbam, it's a beautiful Russian Rashbam, Rogel Etzli, Navi means he's Rogel by me, by Hashem, Umedaber as Devarai, he speaks my words, so a Navi is someone who could daven because a Navi is someone who speaks Hashem's words. That means a Navi is the one who knows what words really mean. Hashem is the one is the ultimate uh, arbiter, of, of, arbiter of, of reality. He defines what all of reality. So if the Navi speaks Hashem's words, that means he knows what words really means. Then he can approach Hashem with words. And the fact that the Navi says something matters. The Navi is the one who speaks the correct words of Hashem. And therefore, he can, he can talk to Hashem. Okay, fine. Now, when Nevoa ended, which we've been speaking about the last few weeks, and Nevoa came to an end in the beginning of the Bayashani, and really it never came back in the Bayashani, the Gemara says. They were in Nevoa until 40 years into the Bayashani. They were still getting their inspiration from the, from the Hashra Sashkin and the Bayashani. But the Bayashani was not a bias that, uh, that accomplished Hashra Sashkin. So, Nevuah ended when perfect knowledge of Lashon HaKadosh ended. Now, what do I mean that, l- 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 that uh, Lashon HaKadosh ended? So, well, let's jump ahead here. Really, this is, we'll get back to this later. But jump ahead to uh, the last Maramokim here. Is a Rambam in, uh, in Tvilo. 
Ramnach's tefillah is explaining why we have a set nusach of tefillah. It wasn't always like that. It wasn't always like that. It used to be that Ram holds the mitzvah of the rice in the daven, but it used to be that you daven, so speak to Hashem. Why, is ever, why do we have a set, a set nusach to speak? And um, so, just by the way, the Gemara says, God lo gibo noir, Moshe Rabbeinu Masakim at Be'ashat Tefillah. I guess that means use Masakim, God lo gibo noir. But then, after that, take that however you want. Work it out yourself. But Ezra and his best, Nanshik Nesek Adoilo, made a set Nusach at Tefillah. What's the reason? So the Rambam says, because people, Klaiso, lost the ability to speak proper Lashon HaKadosh. They just lost it. It was mixed in with other languages. So... That means that this period that we've been discussing last Yishurim, the time when we lost Nebuah in the beginning of the Bayashani, was not just when we lost Nebuah. It's also when we lost just the ability to speak Lashon HaKadosh. And, and you can look at that Rambam, he says, people lost the ability to express themselves properly without mixing in other languages, and therefore they had to misak in a set nosah. Okay, so this is then the time, this time period, is when we also lost the ability to speak in Hashem's language, Lashon HaKadosh. And I'm going to show you that the loss of Hashra Sashchina in the Bayashani, which means Nevuah. Which means Nevuah. The fact that we, the Gemara talks about the, the, the Shechina wasn't Shara in the Bayashani, which means there was no Nevuah in the Bayashani, is a, directly related to the loss of Lashon HaKadosh. To the fact that we couldn't speak proper Lashon HaKadosh. And those are the next two Mayim HaKadosh, they're eight and nine. So, first is the Gemara in Yuma Daftesim base. It says that Rabbi Yechanan said that there was no way for the Shechina to be Shara in the Bayashani. Because the Pasuk says, Yaft elikim liyefes v'yishkim ba'ahal eshem. Yaft elikim liyefes. The Bayashen was built by permission of Kairish, the king of Paras, a descendant of Yefes. While the Bayashen was built by Shlem. And Yaft elikim liyefes. Although Hashem will be Yaft liyefes, will expand their borders, the Yishkim ba'ahal eshem. He still will only dwell in the tents of shame. That's what Rabbi Yechon says, Yuma Daftesan Beis. The Shekhinah will not be Shaira in the Bayashani, which means it won't be Nebuah, and it won't be a visible presence of the Shekhinah, because the Shekhinah is only Shaira in a house built by a descendant of Shem, the Bayashani was built by a descendant of Yefes. In Megillah of Tessanah Beis, Rabbi Yechanan says that the reason why Rabbi Shimon Galil holds, that you can only write Tanakh in Greek, and no other language besides Yolash you can only write Tanakh in Greek, is because the Pesach says, Yafta lekim Yefes b'yishkim b'alei which means Yefes' words... And he, Yefes, will dwell in Ahal Eishem. You could bring Greek language into the tense of shame. Now, this is a contradiction, because how is he touching the Pasuk? In Yuma, he says, Hashem will expand Yefes, but he, Hashem, will only dwell in Ahal Eishem. In, in Megillah, he says, such that Yefes can dwell in Ahal Eishem. So it's a steerer. The answer is, the answer is, we are going to read the Pasuk as follows. Either Hashem will expand Yefes, or Hashem will dwell in the Holy Shem, because at the time that He gives Yefes power, Hashem won't dwell in the Holy Shem. Instead of Hashem dwelling in the Holy Shem, Yefes will dwell in the Holy Shem. So the two things go together. It's not Yafta Lekim Yefes, and Hashem will dwell, and it's not Yafta Lekim Yefes, such that Yefes will dwell. It's like this Yafta Lekim Yefes, that's one possibility. Or, another possibility, Hashem will dwell in all Hashem. Why does one replace the other? Because when Yefes gets expanded, instead of Hashem being in all Hashem, Yefes is in all Hashem, the Greek language. 
the purpose of this, showing you this, is to show that the fact that the Tanakh can be written in Greek is identical with the fact that there's no Asher HaSashkin. Because not having Nevoah means we don't have Lashon HaKadosh anymore. Lashon HaKadosh was usurped by Greek. Ram <coughs> um, says we couldn't speak proper Lashon HaKadosh anymore. Greek became the language, the most, the language of literature, even acceptable for Lashon HaKadosh, because, because it replaces the Ashura Sashchina, which goes along, which is contingent on Lashon HaKadosh. All right. And now, okay, this, this is going to get complicated. Now I'd like to analyze. So wait, so we said Navua ended, language ended, the Ramam says Tefillah would have come to an end, and something had to be done about it. And the Anshik Neskidla had to make a set nusa. So what do we know about Tefillah, about Haggadah Givano? We know that Moshe Rabbeinu originally said it. He said the Matbeah Shal Tefillah, Hakel Haggadah Givano. And we know the Anshik Neskidla developed a whole nusa of Tefillah. And the Anshik have a specific connection to these words, Haggadah Givano too. And for this, I would like to analyze the Gemara and Yuma. That's the next Gemara. There's a long Gemara. We'll have to talk about this, and um, this Gemara it deals with the loss, the, the loss of this phrase. was was at risk of being lost. We, had, we didn't have the ability to say it anymore. What's our time, babe? What's the situation? Because could we go to ten thirty? Or I mean, it, usually keep it to half an hour, but I'm not gonna be able to do that. Why not? We'll see. <laughs> no hostage. Why not? Why not? <laughs> why can't we keep it happening? Um, okay, no hostages. Anyone could leave. If someone has to leave, please leave. But I, I, it's, it's, it's very complex, and I don't want to leave it. So so take a look at that Gemara. So that's all in, in, in number 10. There. It's a whole long Gemara. So we're talking now in the beginning of the Bayashani. The Gemara starts off explaining what the Pasuk means that says, where it says in, in Nehemiah, why does it say Hagadol? So Rav Yosef says that he said the Shem HaMafarish. Rav Gidol says another Pshat, and the Gemara discusses that. Why can't he say that? Why can't he say it means the Shem HaMafarish? He says the error was different. The Gemara quotes a Pasuk about Ezra standing on a Migdal 8, on a, tar- on a platform of wood. And then the Gemara talks about another Pasuk there, where it says another thing about Gadol. It says, They scream to Hashem Alakim with a great Kodol. So what is this scream? What is this scream to Hashem Bakal Godl? What do they scream? So the Gemara says, they said the following. Bayo bayo, which means whoa, whoa. Hainu, hai da this this Yetzahara of Avadazar, this connection that we have to Avadazar, is what destroyed the base of burnt the Hechel, killed all the tzaddikim, caused Kaiso to go to the girls, and it's still it's still dancing among us. We still have the Yetzahara of Avadazara. We don't want it. They say, Hashem, you only gave it to us so we should get reward. We don't want it. We don't want its reward. Okay. That, uh, a, a, a note came down from Shemayim, and it said on it, MS. So the Gemara says, so we see from there that Hashem's Chosim is MS. Okay. They fasted for three days, and they, they gave them, from heaven, they gave them over the Yetzirah of Avodazara. It came out like a fire from the Kedosh Kedoshim. Okay. Navi told the Yetzirah of Avodazara. They grabbed him, and while they were grabbing him, the hair fell out. Uh, he, he pulled out of here, and he screamed. The Yitzhar of a Screamed, and his 
it was a tremendous scream, went 400 parses, and people said, what are we going to do? Maybe they're going to have pity on him from Shemayim, so they, the Navi said to lock him up in a, in a lead thing. Okay. Skip the next point there, that's not important, go a little further. And then the Gemara says another pshat. It's three lines at the top in, in, over here. Um, another pshat, and what does it mean? Hagadol. Amr of Gidol. Gadol means Gidol Bishem Mephirish. Ramasna Amar. Hakel Hagadol Hagib Vandair. What does it mean that when it says they benched, they blessed Hashem Lekim Hagadol? It means they said Hakel Hagadol Hagib Vandair. Like the Bishur Malevi that says, why they call the Anshkan Sagadol? Because they brought back the original glory. Moshe said Hakel Hagadol Hagib Vandair. Yermia said, we can't say Naira. Yemri was present by the Chorban. He said, we can't say no. We can't say Hashem is Neira when we see the Goyim dancing around or doing their things in the Heichal. So he stopped saying Neira. Daniel said, we can't say Gibar. Where's Hashem's might when the Nochem are Meshad He stopped saying Gibar. They came along and said, no. Adarabah, Zuhi Gvuras Gvuras. So that's his most greatest might. That he, it's Hashem's greatest Gvura that he is Koivish as Yitzray. I think the Gvura changes to Koivish as Yitzray. He holds back his ruts and, and he doesn't, so he's, he's strong-willed. He lets the guy do these things and he doesn't respond. And that's his moira that he, um, that Klaisol, despite being among the guy, is still able to survive. And then the Gemara says, how did Rabbanon, Yemi and Daniel, how they stop saying Gibra and Neurif Moshe instituted it? Because they knew HaKadosh Baruch was MS, therefore they didn't lie. They wouldn't lie. Okay, that's the Gemara. So I want you to note, first of all, there's a major Godel theme going on in this Gemara. It's darshaning Hashem Elokim HaGadol and it talks about the Vitz Akubakal Gadol and there's Rav Gidol and the Migdol When they fasted for three days and they were Tzayik Bakal Gadol a note came down from Shemayim that said Emes and then the Gemara says so we see that that's Hashem's uh, signature and then the Gemara says Yemi and Daniel stopped saying Yibra because they knew HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Emes so the Gemara is clearly telling us to read this all together. They screamed loudly. They screamed by its called Gadol, which is exactly what the Yetzirah Harav of Adizara did. And they said, oh no, maybe they're going to listen to him from Shemayim. And as you know, we don't daven Bukal Gadol. That's 11 there. The Gemara says in Brachis, Because Eliyahu told the Nevi'ah Habal, why don't you call Bukal Gadol? Maybe he's sleeping. That's how you talk, that's how you call David Zara. You don't call to Hashem Bakal Gadol. So they're calling Hashem Bakal Gadol, but they're screaming to Hashem Bakal Gadol. And they're screaming about the fact that they still have the Yetzer of Zara, who himself is is Tsayik Bakal Gadol when they pull the hair out, and they're afraid that he's gonna get that they're gonna be Muracham on him. Okay, so let's see if we can explain this. So here's the idea. Yemiya took off Naira. And, and, and Daniel took of um, Giber. So all that was left was Godel, right? Well, I'm going to show you that Godel was also at risk. In other words, it seems to the Gemara that they just reinstituted Giber and Neir. Everyone was saying Godel, and they said, let's say Giber and Neir. I'm going to show that Godel was also at risk. Because the Gemara says in Brachis, that's 12 there, that Godel, Giber, and Neir if not for the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu said them, and the Anshik Nesagadil came and were and then we wouldn't say them. We spoke about this more in the past. So therefore, Rabbi Hanina told someone who died for the Yom and said, Izuz, Chadzok, Amitz, Yoru, kept on going. He said, no, no, you can't do that. 
these three, God will give a Naira, if not for the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu said in the Torah, and the Anshik Nesek Gedol Misakin in the field, we wouldn't say that. Now, why do we need the Anshik Nesek Gedol to Misakin then? Moshe Rabbeinu was Misakin it. And he was Misakin it as the Matabeya Shal Tefillah. The Yishami says so. And the Gemara Numa says so. It was a, it was a standard Nusach. Yemir took off Naira. And, and Daniel took off Giber. So why does the Gemara say these three? If not for the fact that Moshe said them and Anshik Nesek Gedol. Two of them, you need the Anshik Nesek Gedol to, to reinstate. But Gadol is, it remains for Moshe. So it must be, the answer is, the answer is, that Gadol was also, would have been lost. That means, had the Anshikas continued in the same approach that Yemir and Daniel were doing, and saying, we don't see Hashem's Gevura, we don't see Hashem's Moira, they were at the point where they would have had to conclude that we don't see Hashem's Gedula. And they would have not said Gadol. And that's why it was, that's what the, the big danger was, because then you have nothing. You can't approach Hashem. You can't talk about Hashem. You can't dive into Hashem. Now I'm going to prove it to you. Okay. The Gemara says in Brachas. It's the next Mayamok in there. It says in the Shiva Sayyam, Ad Yavar Amcha Hashem, Ad Yavar Amzu Kanisa. It says twice, Klai Yisrael come into Eretz So from here we learn that the second time they came into Eretz should have been as miraculous as the first time. When they came back the second time, it should have been with Gilushkin and Nisim. Ela Shagur that means Hashem's gedula necessitated that Klai Yisrael should have come back the second time like they came back the first time. Since they did not, that means Hashem's gedula was not manifest. So when Yermia saw the Nachem and the Hechel, he said, I can't say, I can't say, no, I can't say, no. And Daniel said, When they came and there were no Nisim, when they're coming back to Eretz without Nisim, so then there's no Gedula, because Hashem's Midas, Gedul's Re'acha, Hashem's greatness, necessitated that it should have been Nisim. So this is the point where they would have taken off Gadol had they continued with, um, with the same method of Yemen. Daniel, the Pasuk says in Zechariah, that, the, se- that the, building, the building of the second bias was called Yom Ketanis. People were buzzly on Ketanis. People were dismissive of, of the day of smallness because the second base of Mikdash was not what they expected to be. And there's Psukim there. It's 15, 16, and 17. I won't go through those Psukim. Those are Chagez Chayim Malachi, the Nevi'im Achreinim, the Nevi'im of this time, the Nevi'im who were in the beginning of the Bayashani, holdovers from the Bayashvishim. And Malachi is, insists Hashem is a Melch Godol. Haggai says, There will be Godel. Zechariah says, it's Ketanis. So there's a question here, will they lose Gedula? And they would, they would have, had they continued like Yemi and Daniel. Remember, Yemi and Daniel expect Gevura to look a certain way. And they expect Mar to look a certain way. But we also expect Gedula to look a certain way. And it didn't. So this is when Gedula was at risk. Now, so, why was it all lost? So we spoke about last week, you have Hashem's greatness. Hashem's might. That's a way of relating to Hashem. That's what we spoke about as Das Hashem. It's a way of defining, characterizing Hashem. That has an association to Avodah Zarah. That's what we spoke about last week. Because if you relate to Hashem in a, way, in a relatable way and you could sense Him, that can be transferred to Avodah Zarah, which is sensory. So Givura and Naira were already hijacked, were already lost to Avodah Zarah. And they, now they're coming back and they say, wait a second. And that's how the all comes together. They, call, they scream to Hashem, they recognize then 
that they're about to lose Godel too, because they are still a Vivadazar. So the Kol Godel that they're doing, the, the scream of Kol Godel about the Yitzhah of Vivadazar, is the introduction to the Gemara that's about to talk about them being called Anshkas Gadol because they say Gedula. Because that's why they would have lost Gedula. Because they lost Gevura and Moira because the Avodah won. Whenever you talk about Hashem being great and mighty, there's a risk. If you talk about it in the regular sense, we'll soon see what Anshkas Gadol did, how they retouched it. But if you talk about it simply, Hashem is mighty, Hashem is, is awesome, you see, you sense Him, you could, that, that, that could lead to Avodah And then, and it did. And they lost his might, his regular manifest might and Moira. And they would have lost his Gedula too. Because they're still living of the That's a problem. Because then you can't talk about Hashem, you can't have Tefillah. So what they do? So they had to save it. We would lose all words, we would lose all, we would lose all language, we would lose all Tefillah. So they said, forget it, battle's over. We're no longer going to relate to Hashem in a way that, and this we spoke about last week, I'm going to review that, I'm going to go over it. We're no longer going to relate to Hashem in a way that we might do of a desire. No more Yitz of a desire. Which means Hashem is no longer manifest. Divinity, divine, is no longer manifest, no longer relatable, no longer tangible. So what does Gadol mean then? And what does Gibra mean then? Well, they found a way to, tra- to touch Gibra, and I'm not going to go into this now. They said, what's Hashem's Gibra in the Hashem is mighty that he holds himself back. That's not a manifest might. That's an inferred might. It's the opposite. It's we don't see anything. So it must be that he's mighty because we know he's so powerful, and yet he's not doing anything. It must be he's so mighty. Klaistos in such a lowly level, and still they survive, so that proves that Hashem is Moira. That's not a, a, a positive and relatable, tangible Gvura and Naira. So the, what the Anishkan said was like this. They said, we're, not lo- we're no longer doing the old Tarim, the old way of, of describing Hashem, which led to Avedazar. Then we're going to lose everything. They would have lost God. Can't do that. So we're going to have to send off the Yetz of Avedazar, which means send off this way of relating to Hashem in a, a tangible way, and we're going to have to we work, we work these Ta'arim in a way that's, like we said last week, Mitzad HaHelem, in a way that Hashem could be invisible, Nistar, Tzadik's term, and still we could term, use these terms. Okay, one final word on this. I just would suggest, the Rambam, the Rambam stresses, and the Gemara says, that, the, that these, the three Ta'arim, God were number one, said Moshe Rabbeinu, and number two, so it's important that Moshe Rabbeinu said that. The Rambam makes this point in the, in the Mayor. Had another Navi said them, that, then we would never write to say them. Okay? Number one, Moshe Rabbeinu had to do it, and number two, it has to come from the other Navim. Why? What is the difference about Moshe Rabbeinu's attributes from the other Navim? So, Hatzah, Ulai. These attributes, God Lugiv lend themselves to this kind of relationship to Hashem, where Hashem is Nelam. The, 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 the ones that the Navim use are the ones that work for the Nevi'im's paradigm. When it's the end of the Tkufa of Nebuah, we don't relate to Hashem in that way because that led to Avedazar. So now we relate to Hashem the way Moshe Rabbeinu did. God will give Those terms, since Moshe Rabbeinu was, like we spoke, Moshe Rabbeinu was not that Navi of Das Hashem who relates to Hashem in, 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 in the same way. Because the only one that was Askar, Right, right. That was what we spoke about the last, exactly. So his attributes are the ones that they could save even in a time where Hashem is invis- completely invisible or intangible. And it's important to note also that even Moshe Rabbeinu's attributes, even those, even Moshe Rabbeinu himself, only said God will give in Devarim, Sefer Devarim. Now Moshe Rabbeinu, the Medjish points out, Moshe Rabbeinu is loyish Devarim. But yet, Elah Devarim, oh, all of a sudden he's Nish Devarim. So there's Moshe Rabbeinu loyish Devarim, but the Ram says words are the most dangerous thing. And Moshe Rabbeinu is really loyish Devarim. He's completely a Machshav. He wouldn't have any Tarim. It's, it's Sefer Devarim where he becomes Nish Devarim. 
And that's because the Sefer is about the transfer to the next generation, and not, not for now. So even, even Moshe Rabbeinu is to arm, 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 to arm, but those are the ones that we can work with in a, in a time where, where there's no Nebuah. Thanks so much to everyone for listening to The Great Sources. Please remember to rate and review the podcast. That's how it gets out there to even more people. Thank you, and good night.